Glory to God. We just praise the Lord. We had a, a good time of worship and a good time of prayer just now. And we just thank everyone who might be tuning into our podcast as well. And we give glory to God. First and foremost, above everything else, we glorify the name of Jesus. We thank the Lord God, our Father in heaven, for Jesus. We thank God for the Holy Ghost. We thank God for the Word of God, the written Word, the living Word, who is Jesus Christ. We thank God for all that he is doing, his protection, his covering. Um, When we first, I think the first message that we preached here, In 2022, I guess, was, um, I'm not sure if it was the name of Jesus or it was the ring of fire, the wall of fire. And just with that eclipse that just happened, they were calling it the ring of fire. And I was just thinking about how God puts a, a wall of fire all about his people. The scripture tells us that we are encamped by angels, yes, but it more, he puts his Holy Spirit, fire of God, all around his people. When we walk in obedience, we have nothing to fear. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We just give God the glory. We thank God. I was going to sing, um, when I see the blood, we were, but we've sung enough already. But when God sees that blood applied, the blood is applied to my soul. Amen? Amen. When the blood is applied to your soul, you have nothing to fear. You have a covenant with God the Father. And every promise that he made in this book to you, he will keep. It's our job to stay in, in the covering, to stay on that path, to stay in his will and his way, to walk with him. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. All right, open your Bibles if you have them to Genesis chapter 40. If you don't have one, there should be one in your pew there somewhere. Um, Genesis chapter 40. Glory to God. Lord, we just give you glory. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing, Lord. joy that I have. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. We're not going to give in. We're not going to bow down. We're not going to let complacency take us down. We're not going to let slothfulness take us down. Amen. We're going to stay vigilant and diligent in the word of God and the work of God and doing his will and his will till he comes. There are many things in this, this word that if, if you're a student of the Bible and you're studied throughout the Bible, you know that a lot of things have already been fulfilled, have already, a lot of prophecies has already been fulfilled. And there are things that God is still working on. He's already gone before us. He's already done it, but we haven't gotten there yet. Amen. So as we come into these things, we begin to see things. The Bible tells us, don't worry. Don't worry. Jesus has already overcome the world. Amen. Amen. We are not to worry. We are in Christ Jesus and we are to trust him and be concerned about the things that he sets before us. With joy, we embrace those things and we go forth in joy, knowing that he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, the God of all nations. Amen. Glory to God. Everybody there? Genesis chapter 40. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about Joseph. I, I alluded to Joseph last week, and, and uh, this week I just felt like this is, I, I felt led that this is where God wants us to be. And so um, we'll start in Genesis chapter 40. And if you know the story of Pharaoh, uh, Joseph, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers because, because why? Because they were jealous. Because Joseph dreamed a dream and saw some things, and he told them what God had shown him. And then they were jealous of him. They felt like um, Joseph was the, 
the golden boy, that everybody, you know, that Joseph thought that he was better than them or something like that. And, and so one day they conspired together to, to do away with him. And they got some, they killed some, an animal and they got blood all over his coat and they threw him into a, a pit. And then they sold him into slavery into Egypt. And, and um, Potiphar's uh, bought him at auction, I guess you'd say. He bought Joseph at auction and then took him home to be the servant in his home. He found him to be um, better than the rest. <laughs> Surprise. That Joseph was um, gifted and talented and that he was, he was able to do everything. And so he ran Potiphar's whole entire household and all the business was handed over to him. Everything except for Joseph, I mean, for Potiphar's wife. And that was the one thing that the enemy tried to bring Joseph down with was, was Potiphar's wife. So I don't know if you know that story already, but um, because of Potiphar's wife's false accusations against Joseph, Joseph was then cast into prison. So that's what brings us up to uh, chapter 40. And um, in chapter 40, Joseph is already in prison. And sometimes you think, well, if you're in prison or you're something like that's going on, that you're not in the middle of God's will. You, you know, today's prosperity preaching, the, the things that are being put out there, and especially in America, it seems that we are so privileged and that we're so, we're so above and beyond everybody else. So there's a, there's a balance to these things. Joseph was called and anointed and appointed to these positions. And yes, he was. But even though he was in prison, he was still God's chosen. Amen? Amen. God still had his hand upon him. The Bible even says that God was still with him. I believe it's Acts chapter 7 that it says that God was still with him, even in the midst of all these things. Even when you read it there in Genesis, you see that God is with Joseph. Amen? So even though he was there in prison and he was bound with some other people who had offended the king and gotten cast into prison there in Egypt, God was with him. So let's read verse 40. And it came to pass, I mean, chapter 40, verse 1, sorry, chapter 40, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in the ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. Now remember, in Romans chapter 8, 28, we see that all things work to good of those who are who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now Joseph loved the Lord and he was called according to God's purpose. Amen. God had a purpose and a plan. Jeremiah 29 and 11 tells us that God had a purpose and a plan for Jeremiah. Amen. And we know that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. He created you and formed you in your mother's womb. And when he did, he had a purpose way before he ever did it. He had a plan. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Look at chapter 4. I mean, verse 4. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued a, a season in the ward. Now look, now Joseph has even risen to power, if you will, in prison. That Now he's given charge over the prisoners because he's so he has the spirit of excellence on him like Daniel had. And so now this is given to him to have charge even over the prisoners and, and over all that the captain of the guard should have been over. <laughs> Chapter, and verse 5. And then these two men 
The baker and the butler had dreams, and they dreamed a dream, both of them, verse 5, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream. The butler and the baker and the king of Egypt were which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look you so sadly today? Ever notice that some people don't notice when your countenance is down? You ever had a boss that just didn't even seem to see you? You know, you see, maybe a teacher or, you know, people just don't really look at your, your face and see these things. That's a gift. Today, they would say that that's a highly sensitive child or a highly sensitive person. It's a gift to be able to recognize and be able to pay attention to people's very countenance. They're, you know, they're, they're what we call sometimes micro expressions that you can see a certain light in a person's eye or dimness in their eye or the way that they, they walk or carry themselves. If it's fake or if it's real, and he saw genuine sadness in them. Look at verse 8. And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. Now get this. If you have your highlighter or your pencil, underline this. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, I pray you. I ask you. Tell me what your dream was. But I'm telling you, the interpretation belongs to God. Amen. 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 Joseph let them know. I may be, I may, God may give me the interpretation, but it's not me. It's not me leaning on my own understanding. It's not me Googling the, the popular translation of what this dream might mean or what a black wolf or a bottle of water might mean in your dream. This is God telling us. Amen? Amen? God gives the interpretation. Hallelujah. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said unto him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me. And, and he goes on and he tells him that entire dream. We might as well read it because it's just kind of, I don't like leave you hanging. And in the vine there were three branches and it was as though it budded. And her blossoms shot forth and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hands, and it was his job, the butler's job, to taste the, the wine or the cup, whatever the butler, the king was going to have. The butler was to test it, make sure it was good. Okay, so Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, "This is the interpretation of it: the three branches are three days, and within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head." And restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. So he's telling the butler, you're going to be restored in three days. Who would have thought that branches would represent three days? I don't think I would have just thought that. So this is the interpretation that God gave. In verse 14, but think on me. He asked him a favor. Hey, butler, when you get there in three days, don't forget me. Remember me. But think on me when it shall be well with thee. And show kindness, I pray thee, unto me. And make mention unto me to Pharaoh. And bring me out of this prison house. 
For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into this dungeon. He was not complaining. He was speaking the truth. Amen? Amen. And when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. You know, when you see an interpretation as good, it seems favorable to you. You want to hear the interpretation of your dream too. Ooh, ooh, tell me. Tell me something good, right? That's our nature. That's human nature. So the, the baker wanted in on it. And so he tells in his dream, I had three white baskets on my head in verse 17. And in the uppermost basket, there was of all manner of baked meats for, for the Pharaoh. And the birds did eat them out of my basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee and shall hang thee on a tree and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. And it shall come to pass on the third day. I'm sorry, in verse 20. So, so the, 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 the uh, baker didn't get a good interpretation, did he? I mean, the interpretation was good. It was true. If we're going to see that the interpretation has come true or come to pass. But it's not what the baker might have thought. You can tell by the way he wanted, oh, now that I've heard the butler's interpretation, I want to know what mine is. So he didn't hear what he, what he wanted to hear, I don't think. Verse 20, and it came to pass on the third day, just as Joseph had said, which happened to be Pharaoh's birthday. So in Egypt, over 2,000 years ago, Egyptian tradition was to celebrate the birthday with a feast. That he made a feast among his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants. Now, what it means right there to lift up his head, it means they brought them out. He was in, they were in the dungeon. They were beneath the ground, right? So lift up their head means to bring them up out of the dungeon and bring them out amongst the people. They were publicly presented amongst all the people here at this great party. And, he, and at that time, in verse 21, he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again and, gave the cup, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But, verse 22, but he hanged the chief baker, and Joseph, just as Joseph had interpreted to them, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. For, so these things come to pass. Now I want to point out, where did the interpretation come from? The interpretation came from God. God just gave it to Joseph, and Joseph spoke out what God gave him. He knew. Why? Because he already knew God's voice. Why? Because he had a relationship with God, because he knew God. Amen? Because he spent time seeking God, praying to God, knowing God, loving God. And because this is a gift that was given to him. This is the way that God used and worked within Joseph. And Joseph was also given much wisdom. Verse 41. Let's keep going. I got a lot of, a lot of uh, text to cover, but the message is really not that long. Verse 41. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had dreamed. 
and behold, he stood by the river. So from the time that the butler got reinstated back into being the butler before the Pharaoh, he completely, that butler forgot about Joseph. Now the butler, the Pharaoh doesn't really know who, who, the, who Joseph is. He may have heard of him in passing, maybe, but scripturally we don't see that. He was just down there, just another prisoner, just like everybody else. So he didn't really pay much attention. It was Potiphar who had him put into prison. And Potiphar was a servant of the Pharaoh. He, was a, he worked in Pharaoh's kingdom. So in two more years that Joseph spent in prison after the interpretation was given to the butler and the baker. Okay? So two more years he'd, gone, he'd stayed down there with no, I guess we would say, with no hope in sight. We might think, well, there's, well, obviously the butler forgot about me. Obviously nobody cares about me. Oh, woe was me. Here I am in the dungeon. I'm never going to get out. I can't see the light of day. I don't get letters. I got, I'm cut off from my family. Now I'm cut off from the, the house of, of uh, Potiphar. Uh, who do I have? I have no one in this world. No one. Whoever the prisoners were, that's all he had. So there he was in prison two full years. I'm making a point of that because I want us to understand don't give up on what God has promised you. Joseph knew that way back then when he was a little boy that he dreamed that dream. He dreamed a dream about the cows and he dreamed a dream about the wheat and the corn. Remember? And he had not forgotten what God had promised him. He knew that God was going to raise him up. Now listen, in our own thinking, lots of times he might have thought, oh, I've reached it. When he was at Potiphar's house, he might have thought, oh, this is it. You know, people have to answer to me. But his brothers weren't there. Amen? His brothers were the ones that need to bow down, right? Right? And that hadn't happened yet. So you can't take half of it and think, oh, it's been fulfilled if you've got to have the whole thing. Yes, Lord. you got to have the whole thing. You can't think it's over because part of it's been fulfilled. God brings the whole thing. When he says it's going to be, he will bring the whole thing to pass. Amen. Mark my words. Mark those words. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed. Now, now the king, the Pharaoh of Egypt, has dreamed a dream. And behold, in his dream, he's standing beside the river. It came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh, the king, dreamed a dream, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine. That's a cow. And he was fat-fleshed, a nice, healthy, well-favored, fat-fleshed cow. And they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other cattle came up out after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean-fleshed. That means they were sickly, bony, not healthy. So there were seven healthy ones and seven not healthy. And they stood by the other cattle on the brink of the river. And the ill-favored or the sick cow did eat up the seven well-favored and fat cow. Then Pharaoh awoke. Can you imagine having a dream like that? You wake up, sit straight up in your bed, sweating, wondering what on ah, Lord. Well, I guess he didn't call upon the Lord, obviously. But you'd wake up just wondering, what was that about? 
That's freaky to see these sick cows eat up these big healthy cows and you're the ruler of the world, basically. In his mind, he's a god, right? So he's wondering, what on earth is this dreaming about? And he slept and he dreamed a second time and behold, seven ears of corn came up one upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank ears and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So now again, the seven thin ears devoured the seven full ears. And it shook Pharaoh to the core. What is this about? What does this mean? He couldn't shake this dream. There was something about these dreams. I need to know what these dreams mean. I can't sleep. So in verse 8, it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and he called for, look who he calls for. He called for all the magicians of Egypt, all the quote-unquote wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. He called the magicians. He called the, the ones in the community, the, the quote-unquote wise men. These wise men were the ones who looked at the stars to figure things out. They looked at the moon and the phases of the moon to figure things out. Yes, there are things in the cycles and, and things that God put into motion, the tides and the, the moon and the, the sun and the sunrises, the sunsets every single day. Amen? As the seasons change and the, the earth tilts on its axis, the, 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 where the Big Dipper is kind of moves over a little bit. The North Star looks a little bit different in a different direction, but it's still north. Amen? It's still true north. Am I right? Amen. Those constellations, the little pictures you see, you know, different cultures have different constellations. But God is the God over all. Amen. God created the stars. It wasn't an animal that threw the stars into the sky. Amen. It wasn't some great explosion that happened that caused the stars to be there. God placed those stars in the heavens. God made the galaxies. Amen. God made heaven and earth. Amen. I'm trying to stay on track. Lord, help me. So, he, the Pharaoh, who thought himself to be a god, and we'll use the little g for that, okay? So he thought himself to be a god. He thought himself to rule over. He, he, they would call themselves, I am the morning star, right? He would call himself, I am. He called himself God. Whew. The people would bow down to Pharaoh. Why? Because he could have them beheaded. He could have them killed. He could have them tortured. He could take their families away from them. He could do anything he wanted. Remember, it was just one simple order that had all the babies in Egypt killed, right? That came from the lips of a pharaoh. So this pharaoh, he considers himself to be a god. All the people, it is their culture, it is the way that they believe that he is a god. That his family, as he takes that throne, that he becomes a god. And when he's a child, he's a, a, a prince god. And then he, when his father passes and he takes the throne, he becomes a god. Is that right? Yes. 
generally. So here we see that the Pharaoh, <laughs> I find a little humor in this, I'm sorry. But this Pharaoh who thought himself to be a god called the magicians. Wouldn't God know the interpretation of the dream? If he were a god, why wouldn't he know? If he were a god, why is he dreaming? <laughs> anyway, our God never sleeps and never slumbers. Amen? Amen? Our God is the Alpha and the Omega, the creator of every single human being. No human can achieve God status ever. Jesus was the only begotten Son of God, okay? Just want to make that clear. Somebody's, I hear somebody nitpicking. So we say, the Lord God, he is almighty. Pharaoh was just a little G God. In his culture, in his, their belief system, they recognized him as a God. And yet he called for the magicians, the chief magicians and the wise men, the magicians. And they might have, they might have uh, said some incantations and tried to pull down an interpretation of a dream. They, and even, you know, the demons are subject to God. Amen. Sometimes people pull things out of the, the heavenlies, but not from heaven. They pull things down out of this realm. Who's the prince of power of the air? Satan. Satan is the prince of power of the air. And we can pull things down. Humans can pull things down. People who, are, who practice spiritualism and, and spiritual things can reach into there and get stuff from demons. Demons will whisper answers in your ears. You must learn to know the voice of God. If you don't have the understanding, you don't have the interpretation, you don't have the word of the moment, don't speak. Amen. Amen. Learn from Ezekiel. Ezekiel did not speak until God spoke to him. Amen. Jesus, he said, I speak the things I hear my father say. We must be careful of what we go around just blabbing stuff out. I prophesy this and I speak to that and I speak to... Let the Holy Ghost lead you. If you're not led by the Holy Ghost, sit down. Learn of Him. Okay, back onto this. So the magicians of all of Egypt and all the wise men thereof could not interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servant, and he put me in the, in the ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker, and we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he, we dreamed it together at the same time, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, and there was there with us a young man, a Hebrew, a servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams to each man according to his dream did he interpret in verse 13. And it came to pass as he interpreted to us, so it was, me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that I that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst interpret, canst understand a dream to interpret it.
The magicians didn't have it. The sorcerers didn't have it. The diviners didn't have it. The tea leaf readers didn't have it. The root doctors didn't have it. The star searchers didn't have it. The palm readers didn't have it. The seers and the soothsayers didn't have it. So they called upon this young Hebrew man, called him up out of the dungeon, out of the dregs, down there with the dregs of society. They called him out, this young Hebrew, in verse 16, and Joseph answered the Pharaoh, the ruler of all of Egypt, basically the ruler of the world at that time, the way they saw it, the way they understood it, right? That he was the ruler and he was a God, a little G God. And Pharaoh Joseph answers him and says, it is not in me. The interpretation is not in me. I want to I I say this again. The interpretation is not in my mind. The interpretation is not in my will. I will not interpretation and give you interpretation emotionally. It's not in my soul. Amen? Amen. If you can't ru- rule your spirit, you can't rule anything. You've got to have that spiritual self-control. Amen? So Joseph is saying, I will not give you an interpretation lest it comes from God. All interpretations come from God. Amen. Not, okay, well, all proper and right interpretations come from God. People can come up with interpretations and they will not stand. They might come close. They might look like it. It might be, oh, and they kind of sort of, but God will bring forth the interpretation rightly. Amen. Do you realize, do we realize that Joseph could have been beheaded right then and right there? Because he said, my God is superior to you, bro. You are not God in this situation. Amen. My husband likes to say we need to stop trying to be God and let God be God. Here, Pharaoh has to step back and let a Hebrew interpret the dream by the power of God. God will make his presence known in due season. God will show up and God will make himself known. He knows when the time is right and he will do it. Amen. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of the river. And he tells him that whole dream, all the one about the fat cows in verse 18 and verse 19, and then verse 20, 21. And then he tells him in verse 22, 23, 24 about the corn, the dreams that he had there. And in verse 24 he says, And I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it unto me. He's a little bit stymied, a little bit amazed that his magicians could not interpret this dream that his magicians had nothing but god almighty had a man a young man a young hebrew man verse 25 and joseph said unto pharaoh the dream of pharaoh is one god has showed pharaoh what he is about to do The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. Both of your dreams line up together, and they're interpreted together. And seven thin and ill-favored kind that came up after them are seven more years. And the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. And this 
This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showed it unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall consume the land. And the, and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine flowing. How many of you know that you might have had a good prosperous season, but as soon as that dry season hits, you forget all about the prosperous season because all you can see is the forest for the trees. All you can see is the locusts eating up your crops. All you can see is there's not enough water in the well, Amen. not enough oil in your vat. Amen? Amen. He said, this, is coming, this will come to pass. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine flowing, for it shall be very grievous. And for that the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. This is Joseph still speaking. It is because that this thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. He showed it to him two different ways, two times in a dream, and had Joseph give him the interpretation so that he would know and all the people would know that God had spoken and that he will bring it to pass quickly. It will begin quickly. And therefore, let Pharaoh look out as a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in seven plenteous years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay upon lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for the store of the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt and in the land that the land perish not through the famine. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all of his servants. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this? is a man in whom is the spirit of God can we find anyone you got anybody here somebody else in Egypt that's got the spirit of God in him this is little G God Pharaoh recognizing God Almighty what will it take for our nations around the world to wake up and recognize God Almighty and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed, these, showed thee all these things, there is no, none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according to thy word shall all my people be ruled. Whatever Joseph says, that's what's going to happen in Egypt now. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. Only in title. The Pharaoh gave all of his authority to Joseph. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, Bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. 
and it's not over. We're, we're not going to keep going because I think most of us know the rest of the story, but if you don't, it's really good. Eventually, God will completely fulfill Joseph's dream that he had when he was a little boy. And God will bring all that to pass. But today, we're talking about the, 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 the almightiness of our God, the all-powerfulness of our God. In chapter, chapter 41, verse 1, it shows us that verse 1, it says, And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed a dream, and behold, he stood by the river. When we begin to see this chapter unfold, it shows us, it demonstrates to us how God Almighty is working in the lives of Joseph and Pharaoh. Joseph, a young Hebrew man, and Pharaoh... We would consider him to be the enemy of the people, of God's people, right? Amen. Normally, we consider the, the pharaohs of Egypt to be the enemies against God's people. Not always, you know, they might get along and they might um, work together on some things, but they didn't serve the same God. They didn't jihad. They didn't dwell together well, usually. Joseph and Pharaoh, God working in their lives in order to do what? Why would God be working in both of these two people's lives? One who had not submitted himself to God and one who had submitted himself to God. One who was called and appointed and anointed for a purpose and gifted by God, highly favored, and one who God was using to bring forth his perfect will and plan. Pharaoh, um, he had his, his, so he was moving the lives of Joseph and Pharaoh in order to control the destiny of the nations. I find this to be highly relevant because in the, the climate and the things that we're seeing unfold around the world right now in our world news with Israel and Jerusalem, with the Gaza Strip and all those things, 14 miles, is it, of land? A 14-mile strip of land that, that, that's causing so much turmoil. It's so much more than that. There's so much more than that. This is a promise of God. It's a promise of God. It's for God's plan. And we have to, we, we don't like how it looks. We don't like how things unfold sometimes. But God is sovereign. Amen? Amen. God is sovereign. When things happen sometimes and we don't understand how they happen, when we hold on to God's unchanging hand, we don't let go because something happened that we didn't understand. Amen? He's still God. Tragic things happen sometimes that we cannot understand, we cannot explain them, but God is still God. God is still on the throne, amen? Above all nations, above all rulers, above all kingdoms, God is God Almighty. He is God. Why do we call him God? Because that's who he is, amen? He's not a God. He's not another God. He is the one and true, only living God. Amen? Amen? The nations tremble when he speaks. He does these things to bring forth his perfect will and plan. It's not that we're just insignificant pawns as humans. No, it's not like every single soul is his. He's concerned with that God is so big and so mighty that he gives every single person an opportunity to know that he is. He put it inside of every single created human being Amen. to God created human being to know that he is God. AIs, 
they, they don't have that. They're just robots. They might look human. Eventually, they might get it to where they look so amazing that we can't tell the difference, but they still don't have it in them to know that there is a God. Amen? Amen. A machine cannot have it in them. This is a spiritual thing. We are spiritual beings. God is spirit. We must worship him in spirit and in truth. We are spiritual. Amen? We need to be able to learn and discern the difference between things, the spiritual realm here, over the, just over the earth, and God's spiritual realm is so much bigger. The heavenlies are his. The heavens are his. Everything is his. He gives us access to everything that we have need of. We need to stop taking and settling for something less. Our answers are not found in a fortune cookie. Amen? Amen? They're not found. I remember when I was a little girl in school, we would go to the 7-Eleven. We had 7-Eleven and we had the Zippy Mart. And we would go in there to buy some, um, well, I, I didn't like the Big League Chew. What was Hubba Bubba. We'd go in there to buy Hubba Bubba Bubble Gum, okay? <laughs> and, and maybe a Mountain Dew or something. And we'd go in there and right there at the checkout in the grocery store, when you go in the grocery store with your mom or something, there'd be these little scrolls, these little rolled up scrolls inside of a little tiny plastic tube. This was the 70s and 80s. And inside there was a scroll that had your horoscope on it. So you'd pick out the one that had your horoscope. And if you didn't know, you'd find out, you know. And you'd read that horoscope. And that junk will begin to mess with your mind. you begin to think that, that it was right, spot on, that this is who you are and this is how you're going to act. That because you're, you're born under this spe specific sign, that you're going to be timid and meek all your life. I won't tell you. It doesn't, it doesn't play out that way. That's what, what they want you to believe. That's what they want you to submit to. But God has a plan for you. Amen? Lots of times those things will come really close. And like, and like, I, it's really kind of ironic because if you begin to look into it, they kind of overlap and it begins to sound like all of it's about the same. It's just a little bit different, a little tweak here, a little tweak there. Oh, it makes me so different because I was born under this sign and I don't want to get off on this stuff. But I want us to understand that God holds the keys to your destiny. Amen? Amen? Amen. It was a very popular thing. I, I think... A lot of people, a lot of Christians fell into it, fall into it, and they're still falling into it. And they say stuff like, well, if it is to be, it's up to me. I've heard it. I think I might have said it out of my own life mouth during my business days because I heard somebody say it. And I thought, well, and what that means is I have to get up and go to work. If it's going to happen, you know, how this business works when I work, right? So I would say these things, these little catchphrases, but those things have their roots. And if you allow them to take root and you just don't say it, don't get it caught up in it. How about let the word of God take root in your life? Amen. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Not some scroll, not some, look, this is proof in the pudding right here. The magicians didn't have it. The wise men didn't have it. They didn't have to wander and wander and wander for three years to find the Lord. We don't have to find, we don't have to wander. He's right here. He's right now. He's an ever-present help in a time of trouble. He is with you. If you, will, if you don't know him, just call upon his name today and be saved. 
Call upon his name. Cast, let him take care of the rest. Lord, I just call upon your name today. Lord, I'm sick and tired of trying to, if it is to be, it's up to me. That is not true. Lord, if it is to be, it's up to thee. <laughs> it's up to the Lord. If it is to be, it's up to him. Amen? Amen? Lord, have thine own way in my life. Have your way in my life, Lord. God proves to us in his word here that he's, he did all these things to, in order to control the destiny of the nations to provide a place for his chosen people. God has a place for his chosen people. Amen? It has always been from the time that he spoke it, way back in Genesis, all the way till today, that place is for his chosen people. It belongs to them. That battle will go on and it'll come and go and subside and, and peak and go back until the Lord fulfills the prophecy. Until it comes to pass. Until all those things, all the things that are written, and I'm not gonna, I'm not teaching today on Bible prophecy and all the things that are coming. I just want us to be able to rest in knowing that God is in control. That God loves his people. And he does have a chosen people. And we are grafted in. We are grafted into the family of God by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are adopted. If you've called upon the name of the Lord. All nations are subject unto God's intervention and direct control. At any time, God can step in. At any time, God can step in and bring you up out of that dungeon. We don't understand the times and the seasons like God. God created the times and the seasons. God knows the seasons in your life and the things that are going to come to pass. He knows the beginning and the end. He knows the end of a thing. Amen? He knows the beginning. He knows what transpires and the things are going on underneath the surface that we don't know what's happening. And we walk by faith. Amen? We walk by faith and not by sight. The sons of God walk by faith. We trust in the Lord. We don't go around complaining and, and murmuring. And, and we, I think we've all been guilty. I know I have, and I'll confess it right here, right now. That some days I just say, Lord, I just don't understand. I just don't feel like doing that like this anymore. And I want it, I want this and I want that. Why can it be that way? And then I stop. Most of the time the Lord stops me before I can get it out of my mouth. And I just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I cast all my cares upon thee. I know that you are sovereign and you have the perfect path and you have a perfect plan for my life, for the lives of my grandchildren, my children, the church here, the church over there, all these pastors that, that I work with. Lord God, you have a perfect plan. I see the reports coming out of Jerusalem and Israel and some people that we pray with specifically. And I see the, how horrible and how terrible I cannot even begin to imagine it, it, it puts a, you know, if you try to try to internalize, you begin to internalize it. You begin to feel like a knot in your stomach, and maybe your heart begins to race. But God says, "Don't worry. Cast all your cares upon Me, knowing that I care for you. And if He cares for you, how much more does He care for them? Amen. He cares for them too. God cares for the, every single one of us. It doesn't matter what banner we're under, but He does have a plan for Jerusalem. He does have a plan for the Israelites." And we need to, to, to stand with Israel. Yes, I'll say that. We should stand with Israel. We should support Israel. God says in his word that he will bless those who bless Israel. He said, if you touch Israel, you touch the apple of his eye. I'm not poking God in the eye. <laughs> Amen? Amen? What foolishness. 
So we pray for those people that they will stop and they will know that he is God. They will submit. We pray that those who, that God knows the end of the whole thing. He knows the whole thing. He's in control. And he can move people out of the way. He can move people out of the way. He can stop things. He can put things in motion. He is God. Amen. Amen. God chooses whom he will choose. And we see that with Joseph there, that God chose him. How many brothers did he have? There's 12 of them, right? He was, he was one of the 12. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> I don't want to miss. Sometimes I throw numbers out there. I get them wrong. So he, there were 12 brothers, 12 tribes. And he was one of those 12. God chose him for such a time as that, just as he chose Hadessa, Esther, for such a time as this, as the queen to deliver the people at that time. This time, in this generation where we're talking about Pharaoh, I mean, yes, Pharaoh, Joseph, he chose Joseph for such a time as that. Who knows if he's chosen you for such a time as this? God has a perfect plan for you. Amen? amen. For you, and the, his promises are yes and amen, and he promised that in the last days he would pour out of his spirit upon all flesh, and it's for you, your sons and your daughters, and for as many as there are far off, that's us, that will call upon the name of the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. He chooses whom he will choose. He uses whom he will use. He will exalt those whom he will exalt. And he will tear down and bring down to nothing those who he will. Amen? Amen? He will promote those whom he will promote. And he will demote those whom he demotes. We just read it right there. He promoted Joseph. And he promoted Joseph. And he promoted Joseph. And the poor baker, he got demoted. Unless he called upon the name of the Lord and was out. You know, we don't know what happened at the end of, of his life. But we do know that he wasn't reinstated back into his position. And in worldly standards, that would be a demotion. Amen? Being hanged before the entire kingdom. So he was demoted while all these others were promoted at that time. God will do it if we will trust him. Amen? Don't think that your, your, your dungeon experience or your wilderness experience is the end. God says, hold on and trust in me. Our friends in Israel and in Jerusalem, those that are in hiding, those that are, I, I, I literally have contacts that are in like a basement right now or yesterday, hiding. They could hear the bombs going off and the, the bombs being detonated. I cannot imagine what that must feel like. I know we have some friends and family team members that have been in war and and been in places like that and seen that. We even have a friend who's who um, travels around and prays over different places and just happened to be in Jerusalem, in Israel, Jerusalem, when this war broke out. She's still there, I think. So we, we know that God is protecting and God is moving and God is sovereign and we trust him. Amen? How bad it must have looked when, when all the children of Egypt were wiped out and yet little Moses was put into a little basket and sailed down the river, so to speak, to Egypt to be brought up in the house of the Pharaoh. Wonder what his mom thought. Wonder what she, how she thought her son was going to turn out. What was it going to be like? Now he's going to be raised in the house of Pharaoh. I'm so glad he's alive and he's healthy. He's going to be a good education. What's he going to turn out like? 
not being raised in the house of God. But God chose Moses and raised him up and used him to deliver the people again. Amen? God is good. I'm going to read to you. I don't know how long I've been preaching or teaching. I'll read to you from Acts chapter 7 because we um, quoted it a few minutes ago. So Acts chapter 7. It's right there, right after the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then Acts, the New Testament. Acts chapter 7, verse 9, I believe it is. And as you're turning there, this is something else that came to me as I was um, studying for this message. And that is that Abraham is our father of faith. We call him the father of faith, the patriarchs, the fa father Abraham. Amen? And we, why do we call him father? Because he was the father of many nations. Because out of his seed came forth many, many nations. And it was a promise. And going back to about three weeks ago, that every promise in the book, everything that God does is yes and amen. God will keep his promises. God will stand. And so when we pray, we do move the heart of God. Amen? When you intercede, when you petition the Lord, it does move his heart. And it does tear down strongholds. Amen? Amen. If we'll pray and intercede and stand before God and stand in the gap for our brothers and sisters that need the Lord, our, our family members, lost to people, people we don't even know, we will stand and we will pray and we will intercede. God will move and he will do it. He is seeking a people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And in prayer is worship. It is part of worship. Everybody there? Verse 9. And the patriarchs, that's the fathers, moved with envy. They sold Joseph into Egypt. So that would be Joseph's brothers, right? Into Egypt. But God was with him and delivered him out of all of his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Now there came a darth over all the land of Egypt and Canaan and great affliction in our fathers and found no sustenance. But when Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. And at that second time, Joseph was made known unto his brethren and his and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. So his the dream is this he's talking about the dream being fulfilled right there that God had given Joseph. But the one thing I wanted to just close this service out today, this message out today, was that God was with Joseph. And even in Acts chapter seven, all those many, many, many years later, in the New Testament, under the new covenant of Jesus Christ, they're still talking about it. We're still talking about it today. That God was with Joseph, even in the hardest times. God fulfilled his word to Joseph. Amen. And because he fulfilled his word to Joseph, you and I are here today calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Able to say that I am a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ because of God being sovereign. <coughs> Keeping his word. Amen. God is the supreme one. He is sovereign and righteous in all of his ways. 
He is the creator, the author, and finisher. And I could go on and on and on and on. Why do we call him God? Because we don't have all day and all year and all month and all of the, all eternity to call him by all of the things that he is. He is glorious. We could worship him 24-7, day and night, night and day, and not worship him enough. We could call upon all the things that he does and not call him enough. Amen? That's why we call him God with a capital G. Because he is God. He is sovereign. We trust in him with everything that we have. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we just thank you today, God, because you are sovereign. Because you have shown yourself, proven yourself time and time and time again. God, you are so good. As the song says, you are a good, good father. Lord, you are better than life. Thy loving kindness is better than life, Lord. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee. I will lift up my hands, Lord, and I will glorify your name. Lord, I pray, Father God, that everyone that listens to this word today, God, is encouraged and touched and their hearts are pricked to draw closer to you, God, to, to cast off slothfulness, to, to, get, to not be lazy anymore, God, and to trust you more than we ever have before with all that's within us, God. We will trust thee with all that's within us. We praise you and give you glory, God. Lord, that many people would be saved, that our family members would be saved. God, that we would not be keep looking over our shoulder and wondering where they are, but they will be joining us, Lord in worship, joining us in, in praise, joining us in this, this fight for what is right in this world, and that is you. You are the righteous one. Lord, we glorify you, and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.